Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. (laughs) And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media and more. And today we have our friend Rob Balasavas with us, who is nearly fresh from podcast podcast expo in orlando he was there two weeks ago or a week ago i don't remember i can't i can't tell time but we're here today with you live to talk about what he's learned as a video content creator strategist and the head of partnership at uscreen which is a video monetization platform for creators and entrepreneurs looking to sell market manager content so what better person to have on today to talk about what it takes to become a full-time content creator and isn't that living the dream? (laughs) Yes, right. So we're exploring today, what type of focus and content strategy do you need to establish yourself as, as an industrial industry thought leader? And how do you build revenue with content creation and distribution? And are people really making money from YouTube? And we're going to also ask Rob all about Uscreen, of course. So Rob, thank you so much for joining us today, my friend. So glad to see you. Yeah, Jeff, Grace, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome. I'm a, I'm a weekly viewer of the show, part of the audience. So yeah, honored to be here hanging out with you guys. And this is actually the second time you've been on the show. You were actually on when we first started. What was it? Almost two years ago, Grace, something like that. Yeah, something about like a that. year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you missed that show and you don't know who Rob is, let me let me introduce you to him. He is the head of partnerships at Uscreen by Day and a video content creator by night. Very mysterious. <laughs> like he's an affiliate man. marketing strategist. He's a SaaS marketer, podcaster, and daily coffee drinker, a man after God's own heart. So Rob helps <laughs> content creators create and market content by sharing strategies, tools, and best practices across all platforms. And we are so excited to have him back on the show today. Uh, but one of the things I do want to do a big shout out to our friends who, um, are incredible and they they do so much for us in the show but you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam that's what we're producing the show on today incredible things for making presentations also doing live shows but what's very very cool is um that they are they've been doing the showrunner thing with stephanie lou who we've on we've had on a couple of weeks ago and um she has she has been um, doing the show and they're wrapping it up. So the final episode, I think, was last week, uh, this week on Thursday. But there's going to be replays of the Zoom workshop they've been doing. But also, um, this they have an upcoming exclusive free panel discussion with all the different live streaming platforms. So Rob and Kirk from Amazon Live is going to be there. And you can actually RSVP to that. And you're going to have to. That's the only way you're going to be able to get the link by going to ecam.tv forward slash live selling. That's ecam.tv forward slash live selling. So um, like I mentioned, Kirk Nugent from Amazon Live. He's a, a, sell, a big selling producer over there. Rob, who we have here from Uscreen is going to be on. Max Drute from uh, Livecom. Chan uh, Railroads, I think is how you say his name. He's from LiveScale and uh, another person from Firework. And they're going to be covering everything you want to know about all those different live streaming platforms and production tips to be successful in shopping, including popular not live niches that you might want to, you haven't thought about before, onboarding best practices, how to hire and work with producers and remote producers. So the tons of stuff. So go to ecam.tv forward slash live selling. You're going to do it anyway, because you, you're going to see how genius Rob is and you're going to want to go over there. So make sure you guys check that out at ecam.tv forward slash live selling. All right. On with the show. 
Rob, you, my friend, are everywhere. I love that about you. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, you were at PodFest Expo this week where you gave a presentation. Uh, it was on uh, become a full-time creator by creating con- be- becoming a content distributor. Hope I got that right. Yep. <laughs> and by the way, you looked very cool on stage. I he said did. this before the show, but I think the whole world needs to know you looked very cool and confident on that stage. But we invited you on here today to give us a recap and overview for our audience because, you know, getting a little bit more mileage on that content, right, Rob? <laughs> so we, you know, and you mentioned that you need to focus on your content topics to be known as an industry leader. So talk to us about focusing your content with that intent of becoming an industry leader and what do you know to specialize in? Because as we were talking before the show, like, you know, we all kind of got started around the same time and then you just kind of took off in this like, and you've become like the expert when it comes to just like video and creating content and that that whole content creation uh, cafe group you created, which is so infinitely valuable. So I guess, you know, with so many options out there, how do you know what to specialize in and how to establish yourself? Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, again, thanks for having me on, guys. This is awesome. Um, yeah, this is a, it's a great conversation to have. I think, you know, a lot of content creators are starting right now, right? Especially with the creator economy really exploding. And so a lot of people are, you know, trying like, hey, what do I do? Like, what should I talk about? You know, some people usually meet one of two people. Either they have no idea, like, okay, well, I don't really know. Like, what can I talk about? Like, what what can I talk about? Like, give me some ideas, give me some inspiration. And then there's the other side of the coin, which is like, I have too many ideas. Like, I want to talk about this and this and this. I'm really passionate about this. And so, you know, I think when I first started, and I can only speak to my own experience. When I first started, I tried, I, I like tried all sorts of different formats, right? Like I did interviews. You guys saw lots of um, mm-hmm. live streams, uh, podcasting, vlogging, tutorials, um, all sorts of different content types. I really didn't know what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be online. And uh, so I thought, you know, let's let's try everything. Um, and so as you do that, you create content. The platforms are designed to help you sort of bring people to your content. And then that's sort of the litmus test of, OK, this person is interesting. People are engaging. Let's share his content or her content with other like, you know, similar types of people, uh, viewers out there. And so what happens then is that people then start talking back to you, which is kind of cool. And that, you know, that starts happening and you start engaging with your audience and the people that are starting to follow you and you start learning about them. And then from there, you start making decisions like, hey, you look, it looks like this type of content is resonating. This type of content is not. This topic is resonating. This is not. And then you have to take a step back and then decide like, hey, is this something that A, lines up with my knowledge? Is this something that I can sustainably and consistently create for the long term? Because nothing happens overnight. And so anything you choose, you have to kind of think of like long term vision and focus. Otherwise, you're going to kind of fall off and it's you're going to say, oh, it didn't work. And so you have to decide on that. And then also almost as important as those things is, is there a business that can be made behind all of this content that I'm about to create and invest time and energy and resources in? Because that's really important. You know, it's not about the money, but money is a tool that you need to use uh, to grow your audience and grow your reach and spread your message. So, you know, it's a long answer to your question, Grace, but I think that's probably the best way that I would suggest. You know, there's obviously other things. There's research tools out there. There's different things that you can use, SEM Rush and TubeBuddy and all these other these other research tools to see what is going to work out there, what topics are people going to be looking for. The reality is though, like everybody's looking for everything, all the type, mm-hmm. all the topics, you know, you can create, um, I mean, there's, you know, being in, being in our world, like you come across guys that, and, and ladies that are like, oh, you've built a whole business around that. Like, that's so interesting. Like I'd never thought that that would be something people would pay for or that knowledge people would pay for that, you know? And, you know, like I came across a program for like this, this girl was teaching how to travel for baby boomers, you know, and they didn't, you know, baby boomers that didn't know how to use Uber or like, you know, Airbnb. And like, that's a whole business for her. It's like super niche. Um, And so there's all sorts of programs, all sorts of tops. You can make money on all of those. So, you know, it's really about trying to figure out 
what you would like to do long term and then figuring out what is the business offering that you want to build behind the scenes not today but as you as you grow your audience yeah no that's a good that's a good that's a good piece of advice and that actually segues into my second question because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know we we've all been in the same industry and we know people in our industry and people people in our personal lives who seem to jump from thing to thing and i i mean like yeah. not like video to blogging i mean like thing to thing to thing and whenever there's a new pad or platform not only are they like the expert on it now they're writing an ebook and there's a, they're creating the first ever right. summit and we all want to get on the next big thing we all do like you said there's a lot of different opportunities out there but once you do find a thing do you think it's better to remain consistent or jump on the next opportunity as soon as they arise? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, there's a lot of shiny object syndrome, right, happening, um, <laughs> right. especially, <laughs> yeah, especially as content creators, you know, we, we're, it's kind of a, it's, it's like such a fortunate thing that there are so many opportunities. It's also a bit of a curse because then sometimes we're taken away from the things that work because we want to try the new shiny thing that everybody's talking about, you know, and so, you know, I think, you know, sort of talking to a lot of larger creators, full-time creators with teams and businesses in place, like they're, they're quick to test new platforms and new strategies, but they are also very quick to shut it down if it doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. So rather than adding lots, they understand their bandwidth and capacity and also understand like the numbers, the bottom line. And they're very like, they tend to remove a lot of things like, hey, this isn't really working. Like, I know this might sound cool and like it makes us look really cool and we're in the forefront of something, but it doesn't really fit our long term plan. So I think that's really important. First things you have to establish, what is your long term plan? Like, what is the thing that you're building? You know, maybe the two or three things that you're building as far as revenue streams as a content creator that you can see and has proven to work. And before you start adding other things, test it, see if it works. Um, and then if it doesn't add to the long-term plan, then stay in your lane. It's not in your lane. It's not going to add to you. It's just going to add work. Um, it might bring you to a couple new you know, conferences to speak on different things, but it's not really the long-term thing that you want to do. Like, you know, real life example, you know, it's going to be polarizing, but like YouTube shorts, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yeah. YouTube shorts. Right. Is is that for is that for you as a channel? Is that for you? Is your is it going to affect your channel? Is there something that you can use it for? Does it fit your sales funnel or your distribution plan for your content? If it doesn't and it, but it does give you additional views, you know, but it's not really adding to your long term business, then maybe it's not for you or, you know, it's it's not for you right now. Right. right. So. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just I would say you know, to answer your question, Grace, like consistency, staying in your lane um, is is the way that I would go. So consistency on topic and subject matter and goal, but try different things as they come up. But, you know, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to be polarizing, too. It's like when social audio came out in Clubhouse and you had people running to there and you're just like, OK, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And the people that have done well with it, they they were using it to build something else. Right. They right. were using it right. as a way to uh an accompaniment to something else. So, so I want yeah. to, I want to pull up a couple questions because this kind of goes sure. into our thing. So, um, um, so a lot of people, Ross brand is in the house too. So, and, and the cool thing I'm going to be talking with Ross in about an hour after the show on a panel nice. that he put together, but, uh, uh, he says, I've met Rob at VidSub, but several years ago before he was so famous. Uh, so, nice. <laughs> and, and, um, he also says he met Jim fuse who put on actually from dealcasters who we've had on before, uh, as well. So, um, that's one of the things I want to talk a little bit about is about community and how mm -hmm. important it is. So your talk was, uh, how to be a full-time creator by becoming a content distributor. So first of all, what is that? What does it mean to be a content distributor and how does community play into all of that? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So content distributor. So a lot, a lot of us, myself included for the last, you know, however long you've been creating, you know, I've kind of noticed during the pandemic, there's a lot of new creators. A lot of them are focused on creating like really slick content, which is all good. Like I think we should all strive for excellence in the work and the body of work that we're producing. Um, but I think a lot of creators now as they're maturing, they're starting to think like, wait, you know, when you, when you hear these conversations between creators behind the scenes, it's like, Hey, yeah, I don't know. I want to build a program. I just don't know what's free, what's paid. Hey, yeah, you know, I want to do coaching, but I don't know. What should I give away on YouTube for free? What should I save for the coaching and in private consultations, my paid sessions, right? And so this is really a 
question and conversation about distribution, mm-hmm. right? You can create content or, you know, is it free? Is it pay and all that? So uh, should it be going on my podcast? Should it go into YouTube shorts, TikTok reels? You know, what should it do, right? And so this is a distribution thing. And this is a, a strategy with how you distribute that content. So again, bigger conversation, because a lot of creators out there, they're burning out. They're mm-hmm. building a lot of content, creating a lot of content, not getting that much in return in terms of ROI for their business. It's not leading to revenue, which again, sometimes revenue for the last little while, revenue and money are among creators is kind of a taboo conversation. And so hopefully we're starting to, I think there's more and more, norm, you know, that's becoming more of a normal thing to talk about revenue. Yeah. So as far as like, yeah, yeah. Uh, content distributor, you really have to look at yourself as like, okay, I, if you are going to be going full-time as a content creator, just like any business, you can't just think of like, you know, if you, if you look at like, you know, any company out there, it's like Apple, like, all right, let's just focus on making a really nice product. And then they don't think about how do we distribute this to the rest of the world? How do we mm-hmm. sell it? Like, you know, how do we get it in the hands of people so they can touch and feel it before they buy it, right? So all of these things are really a distribution question. So uh, as a content creator, if you want to go full-time, you really need to, you know, be a be an, you know, be educated and really educate yourself and, you know, listen to folks like you guys about distribution. So then you know, okay, well, this channel is an awareness discovery channel like this live stream podcast you know TikTok reels YouTube all of these platforms are really a discovery platform you get discovered people looking for content that you might be creating and then you build an audience that you can then take to your revenue channels so revenue channels are like memberships courses coaching uh, your affiliate program your events right anything mm-hmm. where it's then revenue you have to build that off platform, right? And so that's that's the struggle and that's sort of the, the friction between content creators and, and platforms at the moment, if you kind of listen to the guys that are in right. the middle of everything. So um, where community kind of fits in is another, you know, community is, can be free, can be paid. A lot of people will say like, hey, YouTube is a community, kind of is right? There's some regular viewers, there's a community tab, but it's not a true community where you can go in and you can start threads and things like that. You know, Facebook groups, Discord, Slack, that's a better place for community. And so as soon as you can, you know, my suggestion is take the viewers that you have, subscribers, and bring them into a community. You know, sort of the idea where, you know, when I first started creating content was building that Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. Like we can all meet each other and hang out at like, you know, on live streams and these places. But then like, hey, let's go to a place in between those live streams, in between watching videos. There's a home base for all of us to kind of come together and have conversations and deeper conversations. Right. And you can make those connections. Yeah, I think and your and your groups are very valuable. The content creator cafe one that you have is is incredibly valuable. And and it's a great community. It's a great place to just ask questions, test things out. I ask questions in there all the time. She does. So so I wanted to go back a little bit to you. Meant, you mentioned, you know, a lot of times creators, we have this shiny object mm-hmm. syndrome and we try to jump yeah. on the newest thing. And I think like with you, the kind of example you've set and, and when you've been in the, the game long enough, instead of jumping on the like the shiny object sy- syndrome, you think of like, OK, will this tool fit a need that I, I want. So like I, I, we've been pushing every week the um, the volley because for us that met. It wasn't because it was the newest thing. I waited to see what it was. I know Mitch in there and I know his, you know, his work ethic and everything. And it, it met a need for us in the community where we could come together. There's tons of different tools that could, you know, you could do Voxer and just do voiceover, but it met a specific need. And I think having that shift of mindset where you go and you look and you say, okay, this tool, it's not just shiny, but it fits a need in my community because that's, I think, the the thing we're going to be talking about as we continue this year is how important community is. And back to your last point, Rob, you talked about, okay, how do I, you know, it sounds kind of skeevy to monetize my community, but we all have to make money. And a lot of yeah. times providing value, people are happy to pay for being part of a community or whatever you're giving. Mm-hmm. Jackie asked a real specific question. She goes, how can I monetize free information? So preferably without ads, 
um, like freebies, printables, how can those be monetized? And um, I, I think of community like, okay, that, that gets, I give out those freebies and they, they're at the top of the funnel to get them into, you know, my group or whatever. There's an email sequence or whatever. But what are your thoughts? Like, how could you monetize something, you know, when you're first getting started, I guess? Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, Jackie, great question. Um, you know, I think, again, there's all sorts of ways to, to approach this. But uh, free information is, again, if you look at your funnel, you do have to give things away for free. We're all giving, you know, if you have a YouTube channel or a podcast, you're giving content out for free. You're giving knowledge out for free. Now, when it comes to uh, freebies like printables, PDFs, guides, checklists, you know, worksheets, things like that, that's sort of like the in-between. That's like the bridge now, right? So um, some people may not pay for that, right? Again, they may not pay for that, but it's some, it's a tool that you can exchange to build your email list. And I know that's super basic and a lot of, you know, creators actually, surprisingly, you guys probably, uh, you know, like there's a lot of creators that don't right. have email list. They've right. not, they haven't really thought about it, you know, because they say, well, you know, I've got subscribers and that's how I reach my, my, uh, my audience is my subscribers, right. Or my followers on Instagram or TikTok. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a shocking reality when, you know, hopefully not, but you know, they get, they lose their channel or something. Right. And so you don't have that backbone of like, Hey, I've got, I can, you know, if my channel goes away tomorrow, I've got an email list and I can email them and say, Hey, here's my new channel over here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can use printables, use it again, looking at distribution, all of your content, you know, if people are not paying for, you know, a quick one pager or two pager guide, then you have to use it. You have to think of like, how do I get people from these discovery platforms over to my revenue platforms? And so you need a bridge, right? You need to start building trust. And so giving them your printables as a lead magnet is probably the most simple way to do that in exchange, right? It's a value trade. So you exchange your printables, your guides, in exchange for their email address, right? And then that way now you can send them a thank you and you can start nurturing that relationship and you can say, hey, you know what? There's a, actually a free course. Mm -hmm. And then if you found value in that, and then so it's just a basic value ladder um, from there. And that's how you, you start using those printables. Um, the people don't, this is like, again, something I shared at, at VidFest that a lot of people don't really pay for content. Like when they're paying you, they're not really paying for your content because most of us here have content out for free. So what they're actually paying you is probably one of three things. They're paying you either for access to you, right? Coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, small group coaching. Second, they're paying for uh, community. And I know Jeff, you, you said, well, why would people pay for community? People pay for community because they wanna be really in a place where it's less noisy, and they're in a place where they feel like they're among peers or people higher at a sort of the next station, next level that they want to be in. Um, and so they'll pay for that exclusivity. Right. And then the third thing is they'll pay for the organization of the content. So um, it's a, it may be the same content on YouTube, but the organization of it of like, hey, here's step one, step two, step three, and you're done. Um, the, the ability to save time for them trying to figure it out themselves and organizing it, they'll pay for that organization. So those are the three things. So rather than trying to commoditize your content, think of the other, like, what is the actual reason people are joining here, right? It's those three things. And I, there's a point I wanted to make that uh, Jay Bear said a long time ago that it's always stuck with me. He always says, just because you give out the recipe doesn't make somebody a chef. And so that really made me think of like, okay, that's really great because when you first get started, you're always nervous. Like I'm giving all this stuff away for free and I've got competition mm -hmm. and they're going to see my stuff and they're going to take it and steal it. And honestly, that doesn't happen. And the sooner you can get over that, the better off you'll be. But exactly. yeah, um, exactly. Um, and so we've got some, uh, a couple other questions, Grace, I want to pull up before yeah. um, uh, we go to your next question, Grace, but okay. uh, Ross goes, he, uh, he agrees with Rob. Revenue discussion is uh, one that creators really need to have. And I see more and more transparency happen to yeah. that, I, especially what we were yeah. at, you know, we were in the Amazon room a lot um, for the dealcasters guys at, at VidFest. And yeah. for me, so I jumped into doing Amazon line videos because I struggled with YouTube. And for me, when I upload, I, autom I almost instantly see money. And I've never seen that before right. on Amazon. And being right. able to talk with that with other people going like, listen, you know, 
keep your YouTube channel, but try this too, because this is what's happening to me. I would have never have done it unless of that transparency that happened mm-hmm. uh, with my friends and colleagues in places like uh, that the Dealcasters put together at VidFest. So I think that's a, a great point that we do need to talk about money more as creators. So Grace, you had a question? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to bring up uh, Brian's question. This is a callback to our earlier topic about, um, you know, not being everywhere and being very specific and staying in your lane. So Brian Farrell asks this, what do you do if the analytics are telling you to create more of a content type that wasn't the direction you wanted to go in? So I guess this will just be like if you're if uh, the algorithms are telling you to uh, make more video and you don't necessarily want to do video or more quote posts, you don't necessarily want to do that, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question, man. Uh, I'm sure all creators come across this where it's like, man, I would really, like, it looks like this is really popping like this video on this topic, you know, it's really popping or like this particular thing within your video. Um, from, from experience and also talk to other creators, it's, if you chase that, if you chase that, like that metric or, or that opportunity, it tends to be a short lived, you know, yeah. sort of, success. What happens is that, yes, there's going to be a lot of searches. What happens is if you're not really excited about that topic, you yourself will find like, you may end up the worst thing that could happen actually is that it does really, really well. You can create more content around it does really, really well. And then you're kind of like cornered into that topic that you really hate, or you, mm-hmm. you end up hating um, because you, you're not able when you talk about the actual things that you enjoy, you're not, it's not it's not working. It's not getting the views. It's not, you know, blowing up. And so now to get views and to get the reach that you want, you have to keep doing this thing that you don't really enjoy after all. And so that, that that's just, you know, that's just a reality out there. And so um, what you may want to do as, an, as you know, I've seen this work really well is like, you may want to touch on that topic, but then take a step back of like, who is this person? What what other topics surrounding that particular topic can I talk about that I might actually enjoy? Um, and if it is, then, you know, sort of like blend it, right? So use that as like the, the lead in to, you know, getting them, you know, into your channel more, but then, um, and then, but then slowly talk about these other topics that you then enjoy sort of like, you know, uh, not a, not a clickbait or like, uh, you know, um, but, you know, bring them into that topic, address it, but then say, hey, by the way, you know, if you're thinking about this, here's some other things, here's some other ideas that you should consider A, B, and C, and then you can kind of go into that, right? And then create more and, and lead them down that path, right? So, um, but yeah, hopefully that, that helps you, Brian. Yeah, that's great. I wanted to pull up really quick um, some more comments. Our community, we talked yeah. about community a lot. They're, they're, they're awesome. So, um, so May says, uh, 100%, I'll pay for community. So, um, you know, we, we really hesitant to, when we talk about this, that, oh, it's going to be kind of icky, but uh, people will pay, like you said, for community, for a place where they can ask their questions and where they can uh, uh, belong and relate. And as well as our uh, amazing friend, Chris Stone, one of the dealcasters uh, we, we hung out with at VidFest. And yes, he goes, yes, paying for a community can provide tremendous value. Yeah, you can. I've, I've spent a lot of money on community and courses and uh, because I wanted to take a shortcut is pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. what you do. And so do you have, what do you have more of time or money for a long time? I had a lot more time, you know, and a lot of times it's still that way. Um, but uh, uh, investing in yourself is something I think that we also don't like to talk about a lot because, you know, it seems like we shouldn't spend money on the business on us but a lot of times that's what can take you to the next level so thank you guys for your comments you guys are awesome no and a few weeks back we did a show all about you know basically paying for community the masterminds the mentorship counseling you know all that so Mm -hmm. i'm not afraid to talk about it i make jeff talk about grace is not scared to talk about anything I'm not afraid to talk about anything. And I'm going to talk about money next because right. we, we hit on this revenue topic. And so I think we need to we need to talk about now. We all know because I've done this myself. You can create content all day long and never monetize it, which is definitely possible. And being a full time creator may, means being able to sustain yourself in the income you need as a creator. Now, this requires a shift for some people from a desk job to a creator for some of us. Now, you and I both work for companies. 
<laughs> you, yep. you screen me at Restream. And so, uh, you know, but then you create all of this amazing content that's so natural and organic. And you're talking about being a video creator. You talk about your life. You talk about your lovely family. You talk a lot about your, your, you know, your beautiful wife and just this life that you have where you are. And, and like many of us, you also have, you know, a love of fancy coffee. So how do you balance your energy <laughs> and your creativity to make sure that you're giving enough time for your content. Because as you both know, as we both know, we're, we're, when we're working for companies, you're, you give a lot into the job, you get you put a lot of pride mm -hmm. into it, you put a lot of effort into this family, you put a lot of effort into everything else. But so how do you balance that energy and that creativity when it comes to, you know, building your own content? Yeah. 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 Great question. I think everybody probably has at some point, uh, to some degree, you have to kind of balance like your personal life, of course, with your business, with your work. Uh, I mean, for, for, for me and you, Grace, there's sort of three things. There's like, you know, our own content, there's the, our day job, and then there's obviously our personal life. Uh, and so, I mean, there's, there's a couple things, you know, the, the main thing that I've learned is, uh, you know, really blocking time. So really protecting the time, like, you know, my weekends, you know, you won't see me working. If you see any sort of like social post that's work related, it's probably scheduled during the week uh, for the weekend, you know, so I'm I'm sort of like shut out from work. That's just by intention. Um, and then also, you know, working from home, that brings a whole world of like right. boundary issues of like, all right, when do I start? When do I end? You know, when's this? And so uh, really protecting time, you know, as simple as like, all right, I'm going to be available for dinner by dinner time. Right. I'm not missing dinner, right? Uh, really, really easy, simple ones. But during the day, I just try to time block like, hey, this is for this time. This is, you know, I'm going to do my personal content and personal things outside of that during this time, right? And so you need to put walls and, and boundaries and time block. Um, the other thing that's worked really well for me is just, you know, time blocking is the, is, not doing so much context switching, which is a weird term, but it's mm -hmm. basically like going from one task to another to another, where like basically like, you know, like a locomotive engine, I guess, is right. one way to look at it. It doesn't get to like warm up, right? And so you have, if you're like, all right, I got a 15 minute call and then a 20 minute deep dive into the strategy document, and then I've got a meeting 20 minutes later, like you're not really able to warm up and really get deep and be productive. Um, and you're you're actually like probably like just mentally in a very weird space. If you're doing things that way, um, you're always gonna be a little bit stressed and anxious um, unnecessarily. So, um, you know, that those are some simple things. Um, and then as far as just, creating content. It's just like, I think what you said, Grace, just kind of organic. I try to make it as simple for me as possible. I try not to, if you guys watch any of my YouTube videos on my personal channel, it's very little editing. Some of them are like one take. Some of them are like live streams, even though they're tutorials, they're like live streamed and then that's it. I'll make a simple thumbnail. Um, and so I think simplifying your process and not getting too hung up on one particular piece of content um, and like really making it perfect, perfect, um, has helped me just, all right, cool. That's done. Let's publish it. It's done. It's better than perfect. Very right. cliche. It's done. And then let's get on to the next one. Let's get on to the next one and just keeping consistency. The more consistent you get, the better quality you be, you know, your content becomes, even if you're not spending hours on it. So, you know, that that's probably some of the things that's, help me anyway get to where I am right now. <laughs> Very you valuable. Said, uh, Aaron, Aaron has a post, a comment yeah. here. He says, probably the most frustrating part of being a full-time content creator is most companies are not open to letting him build his own personal mm, brand. Now that yeah. is an issue. And yeah. I'll have to tell you, yep, his long comment. And I'll have to tell you that, you know, to make time for this show, because it's something I do outside of work is I, I, when I went to look for my job, I said, this is important. Yeah. Like, this is what I do, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of yeah. us that have been doing this professionally have have been saying, like, this is this is what we want to do it has nothing to do with what I'm doing here, but it can accept and obviously work for live streaming platforms. So this works. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> one of the things. So what do you what you said, Rob, is it, there's a quote by my, uh, J John Acuff that I really like. He says, like, a, um 80 percent perfect and shared with the world always changes more lives than 100 percent perfect and stuck in your head. And I love oh, that yeah. because I'm nice. like, because, and we, we talked with Ian at, uh, uh, at PodFest Expo and VidFest is, and he is a recovering perfectionist. And I think getting past yep. that is the, the hardest thing. So um, let's yeah. talk about right. the shift. And one of the things too, is like, I think, you know, life is seasonal and you talked about boundaries and stuff and mm -hmm. like, um, man, I love what you said about 
sitting down and making sure, you know, at least supper is like blocked out. Like that right. is the time. And I used to do the same thing. And I mentioned seasonal because my kids have, um, are moved out. They, they're, I'm, we're like empty nesters now. And I'm like, I have so much time. You have no idea, Rob, how much free time you're going to have. What's that like, like? I know. I mean, it felt like I don't, I don't, I I don't know. Girl. He tells me about it. Like yes, it's it, like like a pot at the end of the rain. I don't know. Like a myth. Like. It, is, yeah. it is amazing. So I'm Urban just saying, legend, yeah. if you're struggling, remember it's all seasonal. Enjoy them while you have yeah. them, uh, your yeah. kids at home. Uh, but anyway, so let's talk about a little bit more about turning this passion into a full-time career. Like, you know, what is that, you know, look like? And, um, you know, one of the, uh, Robert in the comments has said, you know, it's the challenge has been the messaging and communication value to those who use free content. What are things that you've done, you know, if you get pushed back from your community, like if you decide, okay, I built this community, I'm going to start charging, you know, how do you handle that? How do you manage that switch where you're, you maybe have built a community and then you want to charge for it, or you want to finally go full time. Um, I'm sure you thought about it before because you've got a lot of content out there and you're still, mm -hmm. I mean, some people just enjoy working for a company. They like the yeah. the stability yeah. or whatever. And other people are like, I can't wait to get out. So when do you make that switch and what is your criteria for, you know, going full time? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think everybody will have a different um, right. sort of thing that they're looking for and waiting on or figuring out, um, you know, to your question of like, yeah, I think it was uh, Robert. Um, you know, when people say like, why, you know, this is free, why is it now being charged and all that stuff? Like there's, there, that's going to happen. Like, you know, there's, there's sort of like, I'll say there's, there's, there's a bit of an entitlement, you know, sort of thing happening out there, right? Like, you know, with content creators, especially like because of, you know, people have been trained with YouTube and other platforms like, Hey, this content is free. Like, why do you, you know, right. you know, do we need to pay? And so going back again, to full-time versus, you know, sort of side hustle creators or part-time creators, a lot of like, a lot of full-time creators make a lot, make most of their revenue directly from the audience, right? And mm -hmm. so, whereas a lot of part-time creators or up-and-coming creators, um, they make their money from the platform, right? AdSense, uh, Creator Fund, Pod, you know, Spotify, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, ads and things like that. So they get, that's how they get paid. So once you figure out, the trick is like sort of that, that like threshold is once you figure out how to then monetize your community, which is such a bad term, it's gotta be a right. better term. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't pick a good one there. <laughs> but um, when you start, when you're able to uh, then sell directly to your audience, that's when that shift happens where like, all right, cool. Like this is really going to, this is something. Cause then now you're not just paid in like little, like sort of, you know, very minimal amount. And like you're, you're able to charge and scale a business, predictable revenue and all those things. Now, um, yeah. Now to your question of like going full time, that's every, you know, everybody mm -hmm. has a different threshold. Um, I, you know, a lot of people want time back. A lot of people want, uh, you know, that freedom, um, to do what they want. Some people feel that, you know, I've, my, my ceiling is endless, right? You know, revenue wise, income wise, if I have my own business now, you know, Grace and Jeff, like we all know, we've met a lot of creators. Not everybody is as successful as you might think, right? right it's, exactly. You know, and, and, um, and it's a grind. And so it's, you know, you have to make sure that you're willing to make that big step and that big leap. And it's something that is sustainable, whether, you know, like, hey, you know what, I've got a 12 month runway with my savings. I can jump into this and it's something that, you know, you are ready to do um, or you're comfortable that like, hey, I have like multiple revenue streams. If one falls apart, the other five or six will pick up the weight and I'm going to be fine. My family will be fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's that's something you just have to decide on your own. Um, and, you know, to uh, I think Robert or there was another question about like people working um, and building their own personal brand. Um, oh, that was Garen. You know, that was Garen. Yeah. Garen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Garen, yeah. Good, yeah, again, good question. I'm just, um, you know, I just want to address that real quick. Let, it is something that is not for every company. A lot of companies, and a lot of leadership in different companies uh, are sort of fearful of like their own <clears throat> team members building their own personal brands because like, I'll say it like, they're just afraid that, hey, maybe they'll break off and do their own thing. And we're going to lose that employee and there's, you know, they're crushing it. Right. Um, whereas I think a lot more forward thinking companies are now open to it because they understand that um, where our employees go, if they're building their personal brand, 
our company name kind of follows along, right? right? Like wherever Grace goes, I know she's with Restream, right? Wherever I go, I'm usually introduced as like exactly what you see on the screen right now, Rob. <laughs> and then you, and then right. you screen, you screen is on the same in the same sentence. And so I think a lot of uh, forward-thinking companies that understand, especially if you're in the creator space, um, you know, and your your brand is serving creators, it's like it's usually encouraged now, and it's kind of moving that direction. So. Yeah, I think also the thing when you were talking about it's different for everybody else is what is your definition of success and not not looking at your peers, not looking at what you see on Instagram, but what is your definition of success? And my thing was I wanted to be able to go to all my kids games and stuff, you know, that was it. And I didn't want to have to say, uh, what do I have enough vacation days Do I all that stuff? And so there were sacrifices that had to happen. You know, I didn't make as much money as I thought I should have. And, and so there's, but it, I felt successful because I was doing what my goal was. So I think making that clear and, and don't listen to all the people who tell you what success is. It's what success yeah. is for you and your family. So anyway, yeah. um, we need to move on, Grace. We're, we, <laughs> this is so good. Oh, this is, this is such a good topic. I we know. Were, but our next, our next section, we'll go through this real quick because, you know, it's about YouTube and, and money and making talk of real creation. Now, YouTube has made some bold strides over the years mm-hmm. uh, about uh, helping monetize its, its uh, helping creators monetize their content on the platform. YouTube is a very tricky uh, you know, compared to a lot of other platforms, it is a tricky platform to to manage because like there's so much research and competition and whatever. So, um, you know, one of the big questions we get is um, about how do you really do you really make money being a YouTube creator? And then the, uh, there was a question or a comment from a Facebook user. It says that uh, they just didn't come up in my side. And so it says, do you find optimizing videos for keywords and searches important as a pass on YouTube? So it's kind of two different questions. But so I guess the first one is like, how do you really make money as a creator? And then how do you, um, I guess, overcome, like there's just a lot of work when it comes to YouTube. And you know that from being at your previous company. Yeah, and then yeah. I know that too from managing our company's YouTube. I'm just like, this is my full-time job, people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, great questions. Great questions. Let's, um, yeah, I guess really quickly, let's talk about the keywords and, and uh, optimization first. Whatever YouTube, I think what I've learned uh, being sort of the inside of TubeBuddy, which is, I mean, it's all about YouTube. Um, if, if YouTube has a field for it, like if it's like, all right, here's a title field, fill it out. Here's a description, fill it out. Here's tags, fill it out then fill it out, like use it, right? Use it. That's why they, uh, they, they have it there, right? They want to use that data. The thing is YouTube has more data than you can put in. Like YouTube is going through your videos and they're like taking frame by frame where you're at. If you're vlogging, it knows like, all right, cool. Like that looks like, you know, this landmark. All right, cool. Like you're not tagging that that was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Times Square, but YouTube has already tagged it as Times Square. They've got algorithms, they've got AI happening, more than you can imagine. Um, and so YouTube already is optimizing your videos. They're already categorizing your videos, even if you don't do anything with it, right? Um, but it does help, right? So you wanna put you want to put on all those things and fill it out. How, how much each of those things, each of those, um, it's meta tags, right? So like your title, description, tags, all those things, chapters. Um, they count, but they're not all equal. They don't all carry the same weight, right? Like your thumbnail carries a lot more weight than your tags, in my opinion. Might be polarizing or uh, <laughs> conflicting with what you guys think, but you know, they're all in, they're all they all count, but they all are not equal. So if you are limited in your resources or time, then there's a few things that you want to focus on: thumbnails, title, your description. That's it. Like make sure at least those things are done. Your tags are done. Um, and then, you know, and then let it go, like, let it, you know, publish it. Right. Uh, so hopefully that answers your question. If you guys have any follow-ups, uh, let me know. But, um, Grace, you're uh, asking about YouTube and money. Yes. Well, so here's the big or, elephant in the room. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rob. So I, I think we, so how much can you really make by being a YouTube creator? Now ah, we all okay. hear like, okay, Mr. <laughs> Beast and, you know, you know, Daryl Eves and like all these yeah. people, which are, they're super successful and it's great to hear their success stories. But let's talk about like, you've been doing this for what, 45 years, you know, I mean, yeah. something like, I don't know, uh, but um, and I, you don't have to give any numbers. I'm not asking for that, but like, let's be real, like normal people, not Mr. Beast, not, you know, 
these people who, you know, produce television shows. But We're, the people that are getting started like now and don't have a team. And we all know that there are big these big companies and not to put down anyone, but they have teams behind them. Right. Like the people yeah. we know, admire, they have teams behind them. Trust me, mm -hmm. running a YouTube channel like I, I like I need a team. So it's not yeah. it's not yeah. to put anyone down. But if someone is just like, I'm just I'm going to do this. I, I know what I want to talk about. I know how to do the videos. Like, is this really a viable source? Yeah, yeah, this is a this is a great question. Um, I guess the best way to answer this is like the way that YouTube works. And I think a lot of people kind of look at YouTube as kind of this one dimensional thing. Like behind the scenes, there are so many different business models on YouTube. Like uh, there's 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 creators out there that it's all about YouTube AdSense. They have nothing else happening. Now, the thing where things change really drastically here and like kind of the game changes is when you talk to a creator and you say, okay, well, cool. Like you have a really small channel. Like for example, I know this guy, Jason David, he's got about 6,000 subs um, on, on YouTube, on his channel. He's got a music channel. He's creating his own independent music for kids. It's like a kid's channel. Um, but he actually has a very thriving business behind the scenes where he has new members signing up, like probably 20 to 30 new members signing up on a $20 per month membership. So this has been happening for about a year, two years now. And so when you look at his channel, it's like, oh, this is a really tiny channel. Like, I hope that guy's, you know, doing all right. But then when you actually talk to him, he's like, no, like YouTube is great. It's just I don't really care how many subs I get as long as I get views and then people then go if they watch one video and then they go to my membership and they sign up. That's all that really matters to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it really depends. You have to you have to have conversations with people and really figure out what is their business plan at, at um, Jeff at uh, VidFest. Uh, one of the guys on my panel, he his guy, Chris, he has uh, something like 150 faceless channels. So wow. you guys, you guys have probably watched these faceless channels, right? Like documentary type channels, history type channels, very niche channels about the first, you know, like, you know, dinosaurs and stuff like that. Like he, nobody knows his face, but he's got 150 of these channels and they all have AdSense. They all have sponsors. They all have like all of these things happening, affiliates. Nobody would know, like nobody would even connect all 50, like 150 of them together, that this is the same one guy. Although he has a team of like 30 people, mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's a very thriving business. And he's not a creator. Like he is a creator, but he's not, you don't see his face. So, you know, I think like YouTube is kind of like a mall, right? It's like a shopping center. Like, all right, cool. Like the, everybody here has equal space. They have equal presence, but like some of them are doing really, really well. And they've got, they've got, they're just selling you know, some of them are just selling to the people walking into the mall, but uh, like other stores are selling like online and, you know, they've got other things happening, right? They've got, you know, distributors, uh, they got partners like selling their stuff for them. So there's a, uh, yeah, YouTube and money. I mean, you can, you know, a lot of, like there, there is like the top 1%, the Mr. Right. Beast, but there's, a, there's a massive middle class on, uh, on YouTube for sure. Well, That's I'm in the, know. I'm in the lower so, no, you the, are not. So, I mean, I, uh, it, no, you're not. I, it's one of the things. So uh, <laughs> I, I really liked about the um, the the vid summit. And I've talked about Amazon Live, and I'm really yep. cool. Is a lot of YouTubers are now repurposing their stuff and seeing like some of the smaller ones are really seeing some money that they weren't getting before because they were repurposing some of the stuff. I'm always, you guys know, I'm all about repurposing, and so that excites yep. me. And I, I thank the guys uh, Chris Stone and Jim Fuse at Dealcasters mm -hmm. who help uh, figure all that stuff out um so if you were starting a youtube channel today rob uh yeah. with with the the intent like okay i want to do this i want to build it i want to make it my full-time gig what would you do if i was starting a youtube channel today um uh yeah i would i would start creating i would pick a topic you know whatever topic that is i would probably like let's say i'd probably start you know like with something really easy that I already do a lot. Uh, so like, let's say real life, I would probably start live streaming. Like, all right, cool. Like I already do live streaming at work. I understand live streaming. I know the tools and things around live streaming. So I would start doing that. Um, behind the scenes, the things that I would do before that, I would probably, I would become an affiliate. Affiliate revenue is the first thing that you should set up as a YouTube creator. There's no requirements. It's monetized right away. Um, so affiliates for the tools and services that you use, 
um, I would start a community um, off YouTube. So Discord, Facebook group, whatever, some some place to take the people that are coming through my YouTube channel where I can then engage with them and they can get to know me and I can get to know them. Um, and then I would build one simple lead magnet, just simple lead magnet so that I can at least start building an email uh, email list. And then that's, that's really it. I, then I would just, you know, obviously create content, um, you know, Very at cool. least once a week, once a week. Yeah. Cool. We've so got a question from yeah. our friend Chris Stone here. He says, yeah. since YouTube rewards creators for watch time, do you feel that it's affected the quality of content, teasing people along to watch their videos longer? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There's, a lot, uh, there's a lot of little tricks that, you know, uh, creators are using to get people to watch longer and watch time. And yeah, absolutely, Chris, for sure. Um, again, that's the, that's the nature of YouTube, right? If you really are trying to teach people you're kind of like, well, I want to go real deep and teach somebody. But then the platform itself kind of lends to watch time. And so you can't really go deep because sometimes there's like just the nature of teaching something. It's not always super like exciting and sexy and like, right, you know, right. so so you have to kind of take them off platform and and teach them, you know, where you can then, you know, kind of slow things down and they can understand and you can engage. You know, and so, um, yeah, you just have to understand, you know, what YouTube is, is uh, how YouTube works uh, so you can leverage it. But yeah, great question. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of little tricks that people are using to, you know, sort of like, you know, get you interested in the beginning. And then like, by the way, let me, you know, uh, you, you'll mention something in the beginning, in the first 20 seconds. And then, you know what, let me tell you a little bit about that in just a couple minutes. And then, you know, so then people stick around till the end. Uh, little things like that. Mm. I love that, Rob. Well, so Rob, we cannot... Like I have you on the show yeah. without talking about the elephant, the the the, the hat in the room, <laughs> right? Elephant head the, in the, the room, yeah. Uscreen.tv. <laughs> so I want to. I, I I've done some digging into Uscreen. It is so fascinating. But I want to give you the opportunity to talk about the opportunities for creators, full time creators, entrepreneurs, businesses yeah. looking to sell and monetize and market their content on this platform. I want to talk about that opportunity there. So. Tell us all about it and how it works and, yeah. and who it's for. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks, Grace. Um, yeah, so Uscreen is a video monetization platform. So, um, you know, that's, that's like the term that we put together. But really, <laughs> it's, a, it's a place, it's a platform where you can build your own sort of Netflix, right? And so you have video catalogs, playlists, things like that. You can then also then monetize that by uh, charging a, a monthly subscription or annual subscription. Um, and then also you can build a community inside as well. There's a built-in private community built-in um, inside the platform. And then for uh, a lot of the creators that are growing and, and building the revenue there, that we're also uh, building OTT apps. So what that means is like your TV and mobile apps. So Apple TV, Roku, Fire, um, you know, app, uh, your Android, iOS apps. Uh, we build all of that white labeled for uh, creators. So um, yeah, they can control their content, the revenue, it's all predictable. Um, yeah, so that's that's a little bit about Uscreen. Awesome. So is the content hosted on their individual websites or is it hosted on your platform? How, where, where was the, like, so if I w wanted to start a yoga channel, which would be hilarious, by the way, uh, I'd <laughs> like, and, and like where would, it, where would I have to create a channel for like how to screw up yoga with grace? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, so there is a page builder, uh, really good question, Grace. Yeah. There's a page builder so you can build your landing pages, your homepage. Uh, we have a whole, like we host all the videos as part of the, you know, the plans. Um, and so, yeah, everything is handled there. We handle payments as well. We have integrations with PayPal and Stripe. Um, integrations with, you know, different marketing tools and email capture tools and all those things. Um, so yeah, everything is done. It's sort of like the, the hub for all of your uh, membership content. So uh, we got a question in uh, the comments here. It says, I've been using yeah. Uscreen. Oh, it's a comment, actually. I've been using Uscreen for virtual summit replay packages and monthly subscriptions for the past year and love it. So, uh, and a lot of people, I heard the Netflix thing. So you, you, can you tell yeah. a little bit about like what, type of content creators use Ustream and how they're using it like to grow their business brands. We talked, the, the comment here was like replay packages for their summits. Um, mm -hmm. What are some other mm -hmm. ways that you've been seeing these, these people, you know, use this for their community? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, replays for conferences, summits, a lot of corporations and, and uh, organizers will use that. A lot of content creators will honestly just sometimes even just put up the same YouTube videos 
inside of their uh, Uscreen account, um, and then and then promote it as ad-free content. There's no ads. There's no you know nothing that's there's no algorithms. You can just consume what you like. Um, some of them will create behind-the-scenes content or exclusive content. Um, we have a lot of independent filmmakers as well mm. uh, that are creating, uh, basically distributing their their movies um, directly to the consumer and sort of bypassing Hollywood altogether. Um, you know, we have uh, a lot of people that are in education, right? Um, entertainment. Uh, so again, just thinking of like the Netflix sort of experience, it's all videos. You can also clump together videos and group them together to make a course um, so that they go through each video one at a time. Um, and then also you can live stream inside, you know, it's a live show. You can live stream inside cool. of your uh, Uscreen uh, account uh, so that you can do exclusive live streams like Q&As or exclusive workshops um, for uh, for your members. That's awesome. I've seen a lot of uh, big YouTube creators and I follow a lot of tech people. Well, they'll send them to, it's not you screen, there's an, another one I'm not going to mention, but they'll send them there <laughs> for like, um, hey, come see my studio build, you know, or mm. I go in more, like you talked about earlier, I'm going in more depth about this topic and it's a much longer video. The longer edits over on you know, you screen, which I think is right. a great, a great thing. Like you mentioned, because a lot of times you can't teach the way you want to always on YouTube and, but having a place where you can monetize and drive it to that, I think is very, very cool. So. And control the yeah. conversation. Yeah. Right? And That's able, right. And you own it. When I, yeah. And you own it because when you post something on YouTube, anyone comment, the conversation gets derailed or whatever, you know, but when you have this, like this specific thing, you, you, you know, people are all there for this one yeah. thing. And, yeah. you know, they're all, and everyone in the comments is there for that one thing. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited. We could put like all our episodes over on you screen, Grace. And, and, yeah. Yeah. and then we can put it on my yoga channel, messing up your yes. back with Grace. Well, <laughs> yeah. Or fashion with Jeff. That. that would be great. Yeah. Um, what was that, Jeff? Fashion, fashion. with Jeff. Yeah. Oh my I told um, you every, every show, Jeff has jokes. That was Jeff's every joke. Every time. Okay. I don't know. I wouldn't call them jokes. They're, Maybe something else, but real ideas. Your joke yeah. last time, so I wanted to acknowledge your joke this time. That's, okay, Joe. very, very good. <laughs> so, um, as we wrap up, uh, you know, uh, Rob, where can you let's mention all your channels because, okay, yes, Rob is amazing. He's over at Uscreen. You can find him, you know, at uscreen.tv for you guys mm -hmm. listening at on the on the podcast. But what are some other channels? Like Grace has mentioned them earlier. Your your Facebook group. Where else yeah. would you like to direct people to find out all that is Rob Balasabas? Yeah, uh, I'd probably say LinkedIn. Uh, so just copy and pa paste my name uh, into LinkedIn. You'll find me there and also Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, uh, other than that, just everywhere you screen is um, YouTube, Instagram. And uh, and we have a Facebook group as well uh, called you screen insiders on Facebook. So um, head over there. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Group. I've joined, I've, I'm, I'm yes. wherever Rob goes, I go. So like, ah, uh, come on. Whatever likewise. Yes. Likewise. <laughs> I, yeah. Like I'm, I'm a Rob fan. And, and Chris Stone says, uh, fantastic discussion as always on Social Media News Live. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, we've got Thanks, so many Chris. people had so much, so many great comments. Gary says it's been uh, enlightening. Uh, Ross has a question. He says, can yeah. you put your Amazon links in you screen replays? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a um, e-commerce feature. So you can in your videos, you can say like if you're doing a, a tutorial on, uh, you know, a particular thing, let's say uh, I can't pick up this battery, right? Like, hey, by the way, guys, here's the three best batteries that I right. would suggest this one, uh, by the way. You can grab it here. And then there's a little pop-up similar to YouTube, YouTube mm -hmm. cards, uh, a little pop-up that will appear where you can send them to wherever you want, you know, Amazon, an affiliate link, um, you know, another video, you know, another website, you know. So yeah, good question. Yeah, there's a, it's called e-commerce, uh, Ross, e-commerce feature. Cool. So like a lot of people- Uscreen.tv, right? Is that the URL? Uscreen.tv? Yep. Excellent. Perfect. Check it out, everyone. I'm, I'm imp I was so impressed, blown away by it, so. <laughs> So a lot of people are saying, thanks for answering my, like Robert says, thanks for answering my question. You know what guys, if you, we usually post a show early, we usually talk about it early when we're not sick, um, but go into socialmediaslive.com forward slash chat and join our volley group. It's free, totally free, nothing. We don't, we don't even push anything on there, but it's a place where you can ask questions early. And if you've watched the show in the past, I can actually play your questions on the screen 
uh, where you can ask your question of our guest that is coming up that week. So if uh, you guys asked some great questions today, if you'd like to get early access to ask your questions, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash chat is the place to go. Once again, Rob, you were fabulous. You were an amazing speaker. So by the way, if you are an event organizer and you need somebody to speak about any of this stuff, Rob is your man. He did a great job oh, at VidSys, VidFest and PodFest. And so uh, thank you for your time today, Rob. We appreciate you. And thank you. Uh, Grace, I'll let you have the last word. Oh, well, Rob, thank you so much. I, I, I'm, I'm going to repeat what Jeff said. It is, it is so fan, it was so excited to have you on the show to talk about everything you're doing. You are everywhere. Our next show is Friday, June 17th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. And we're going to have Jared Easley on from Podcast Movement. We're going to talk all about what's hot at this year's conference. Of course, it's in, in Dallas, my neighborhood. So uh, we're having him on to talk about uh, podcasting industry trends, How, what are the things people are talking about or interested in and also how to stand out in the crowded space so tune in next week awesome don't forget our sponsors ecam socialmedianewslive.com ecam thanks everybody thank you ross thank you robert thank you all of you guys brian all of you in the chat we'll see you guys next week bye everybody social media news live